This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, New Life. Go ahead and grab a seat. I am so excited to be with you today. Today is a celebration from start to finish. And if you're brand new today, I just want to say welcome to what I believe is going to be an absolutely transformational day in the history of our church and in the story that we're in. And I'm just so excited that you came to join us today. We're going to celebrate all kinds of things. Today, and get ready for spontaneous applause, today is a baptism Sunday, which is awesome. Yeah. We have 14 people who are planning on being baptized today at one of our three services, and we're so excited about that. On top of that 14 people, there are some of us, maybe even some of us sitting in these chairs right now, who came in here not planning on getting baptized today, but God's going to grab you as we talk about what baptism is and what it represents, and you're going you're gonna to decide sometime this morning, you know what, it's time for me to get baptized. And you came in dry, but you're going to leave wet because you connected with God and we celebrate baptism together. And I'm so excited about that. And I'll tell you a little more about what baptism is a little later on this morning. But just know, at some point, if you sense this, oh, that's me, I should, I should go do that. Boy, don't miss out on this moment. It's going to be a celebration. Well, I want to get us all on the same page because there are a few things here that if you're brand new will help you connect with us. And if you've been here for a while, there's at least one thing that's probably freaking you out right now. And that is that there are no teaching notes in your program today. And you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? It's not here. I'm going to, uh, don't worry, don't worry. Today's more like a conversation than a teaching. Today's more like a, a celebration than it is a class. Uh, Sonoma State had their graduation yesterday. We graduated yesterday with them, so today we're not going to be taking notes. We're just going to be listening and celebrating and having fun as a community. But one thing you do want to grab is your Start Here card. It's inside your program, and I want everybody to go ahead and get that. Put your name on it. Put your email address on it. Uh, This is just a way for us to stay connected to you, for you to stay connected to us, and it's a way for us to partner with you as you take steps on your faith journey. Uh, We want to be the church that partners with you in that. Because, boy, we think that's one of the best things we could do. Because we believe that God loves you so much that as you come here, as you connect with him, he's he's just going to start to grab your heart and your mind and your emotions, and you're going to want to take steps to partner with him in life. And, boy, we want to be the church that helps you do that. So go ahead and get your your name on that card, and we'll be using that a little bit later. And while you do, I want to talk for a second about defining moments. I just talked about graduation yesterday. A number of our friends who are part of New Life graduated from Sonoma State yesterday, and that's a defining moment in their life that will shape the direction and the trajectory of everything else that they do from this time forward. But I want to talk to you about the defining moments that we don't actually recognize in the moment how defining they are. Specifically, I want to talk to you, and I haven't actually mentioned this to my wife yet, so we're going to try this live right now for service, about my last first kiss. My last first kiss. It was a, a beautiful evening in Wisconsin. My, my wife was working out there, and I was out taking some seminary classes, and, uh, and we met uh, about a year and a half before, and, and we were dating, and we were out there walking on a lake as the sun set, and the beautiful sunset in Wisconsin, and like muskrats in the water. It was just a very nice moment for us. As we walked across the beach, there were these canoes kind of in a triangle shape, and you could kind of hang out under them. There were canoes over in the corner that will come into play, and we're on the beach, and we're holding hands, and and I just felt like this is the moment. So I turned her around, and I pulled her in, and I planted one on her. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Thank you. I've been practicing for the last nine years, and I'm getting better every time. So, um, and she kissed me. Yeah, she kissed me. 
And then she got this weird look in her face, like I did something wrong. And so I got nervous. I said, what's the matter? And she looked over my shoulder, and about five feet away under these canoes uh, was a homeless man just staring at us, you know? Like, as we, it was, it was a really special moment for the three of us to share together. <laughs> and I didn't recognize in that moment, but that kiss would shape the rest of my life. And there are certain defining moments that we know in the moment this is going to change everything. But there are other defining moments that we don't actually recognize in the moment the impact that these will have on our lives. And today marks one of those defining moments in many of our lives. That we won't recognize it right now, but it's going to shape the direction of everything we do from this day forward. We're wrapping up this series that we're calling Me to We. And if you're brand new to New Life, if you're visiting us today because a friend is getting baptized— The idea behind me to we is this. We've been exploring the fact that people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. And the reason that they liked Jesus was Jesus broke down every barrier that would keep people from encountering God. And as a community, we decided, you know what? We want to be the type of community that follows Jesus and breaks down every barrier that would keep our cities that we love from encountering a God who loves our cities. And in order to break down barriers, we had to identify some barriers. So we've been identifying some barriers in our horizon that we believe are keeping hundreds of people in the cities that we love from encountering a God that loves our cities. It's things like a lack of pastors to guide the hundreds of people who are coming in. That's a barrier that we have. It's things like some facility updating. We've got a couple uh, leaks in our roof. It needs to be replaced. That's one of the barriers we have because uh, if you get rained on inside a church building— on Sunday morning. It just keeps you from really fully encountering God and connecting with Him. Uh, We've talked about building out some upstairs classrooms so that we can we can intentionally guide people in areas that they want most at the times that they most want them. So we've been talking about over the next couple years what it would look like to do that so we could guide you more specifically when you're ready to be guided in a specific area of your life. We've talked about updating the front of our building so that the minute people drive onto our campus they think, wow, this church cares about welcoming me in to this place so we could knock down barriers that keep our cities from encountering God. And, and how do we do it? Well, we've been talking for five weeks now about the key way to do it, which is becoming the most generous church in Sonoma County. That's our dream. We want to be so generous. We want to we love God and love our cities so much that it would cause us to leverage some we, some financial resource of, of me for the sake of we, for the sake of the cities that we love. We've been dreaming about Becoming a community, and, and we are becoming a community that's so deeply in love with the people in Petaluma, Roner Park, Katati, Santa Rosa, that, that we would actually think about this. We would actually give some of our money for the sake of someone that we haven't even met yet. That's the kind of community that we want to be. And today is a celebration because today's our commitment day. And I'm, I've been praying that everyone who calls New Life Home would take some next step in increasing your generosity towards God so that he can use our resources to reach the city that we love. And for many of us, this is the biggest generosity step that we've ever taken. I know it is for my wife and I. And I think it's so exciting because just like my last first kiss, that step of increasing your generosity towards God will be a defining moment in your life. Because Jesus said it this way. He said, where our treasure goes, where our money goes, our hearts, our time, our energy, our emotions tend to follow. 
And as we start to leverage some of our money towards the things closest to God's heart, boy, all of a sudden, our heart, our mind, our energies goes closest to the things of God's heart. And I can tell you this, because I'm already hearing stories. This type of generosity we're talking about, it's addictive. It's kind of like getting a tattoo. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I, I think tattoos are cool, but I don't personally have one yet. But everyone I talk to who gets tattoos, here's what they tell me. I got my first one, and a week later, I was already talking about my second one. It's addicting. I just want more and more of it. And generosity is the same way, because we're talking about generosity in the context of the church and the things closest to God's heart. But the truth is, it won't just affect this part of your life. It has the opportunity to affect everything in your life. I just heard a story five days ago about a couple in the church uh, whose car broke down, and they realized they couldn't fix it. They needed a new car, but they didn't have the resources to get it. And then another group in the church, while they're already talking about increasing their generosity over here, another group in the church said, you know what? I think we could bond together, and we could actually buy them a car. And they surprised this other family with a car. Yeah, who does that? It, I hear these types of stories, and they transform, they transform the way I think about about our community, because you know who does that? And if you're new with us today, I'll tell you who does it. People who follow Jesus do stuff like that. Practice radical generosity, and it doesn't just impact one area. It goes everywhere. I was buying a super burrito on Friday because I love me some super burritos, and I was at El Roy's getting my super burrito, and I pulled out, and, um, and this, this homeless gal walked by, and she was wearing socks, and she was sloughing across the street. And I don't, I don't generally have a compulsion to pull over and talk to someone as they're walking by, that's just one of those things that God's growing in me. But as we've taken, uh, my wife and I, a step in increasing our generosity, I felt like God prompted me, give her your shoes. And I looked down, and they were my favorite pair of all-stars. It wasn't just my flip-flops. These were like all-stars. This, if you know me, you know that's a big deal. Not just any all-stars. These were my, my blue leather ones, man. But I felt like God said, go give her your shoes, man. Give her your shoes. So I pulled over. I started talking to this woman, and we had this great conversation, and I shared with her a little bit about who I am and what we do and what it means to be part of the church. And I, I said, can I give you my shoes? And she started to tear up, and she said, man, I would love that, because she didn't have any shoes. She's walking around with no shoes on. It's like getting a tattoo. Once you get one, you just want to get more and more. This whole idea of generosity is a defining moment in our lives. Because as we take a step in one direction, I'm telling you, it has the opportunity to transform every area of our lives. That's why today's a celebration. Because today marks a defining moment in so many of our lives and a defining moment in our church. And I just want to say one thing to a guest today. Because I know we have a number of us here for the first time. If you're a guest with us today, you just get a sneak peek into what we think it looks like to love God and to love our city so much that we're going to leverage some of our resources for the sake of a God that we love and the sake of a city where we live and, and a city that we love. And you don't need to feel any compulsion to take part in this. Just be our guest today. Just enjoy it. And I hope that you'll be inspired by the generosity of a group of people who are everyday folks, just like you and me, who are trying to follow God in some very real ways. As I was getting ready for today, as I've been reflecting on, on you, and I see your faces as I write these messages, and I've been reflecting on you and, and why I love you and why I love our church. And I thought I'd just share with you today some reasons why I love leading and sharing life with you as your pastor and as your friend. Why I love raising my kids next to you. Why I love engaging in marriage with you guys. And there's a guy named Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament of the Bible. And he was a pastor and he was a church planner. And he would write letters to these churches that he had planted. And in a book of Philippians, 
He's writing to a church, and he says to them something that I think captures my heart really well when I think about why I love you. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. And boy, that's me. I pray with joy when I think about you. Because of your partnership in the gospel, that word gospel is the good news. It's the good news that Jesus loves us and gave his life for us. Your partnership in the gospel from this day, from the first day until now, being confident in this, that God, who began a good work in each of you, will carry it on to completion until the day that Jesus Christ comes back. And Paul's thinking about this church that he loves. And he says, you know what I love about you? My affection is growing for you because every step of the way, you're authentically engaging with God. You're not perfect, but you're authentically wanting to partner with God. And it created this deep appreciation between, between Pastor Paul and this church that he had planted. And just like Paul, there is a deep appreciation that forms between a, a pastor and the church that he gets or she gets to work with. And I'll tell you, I love our church. And I've been thinking about the reasons I love our church. And I just want to have a little love fest, if that's okay. I just want to share with you guys why I love you. Why I think today's a celebration. Why I'm excited about what God's doing. Boy, I love our church because, because you're some of the most flexible people I know. Your flexibility is astounding to me. I want to take a second. If you're here today, and you met in one of our locations before we moved to the Lucchese Center, would you stand up for a second? Because I want to acknowledge you. If you were here... I know, unless you have a cast on your leg. Okay. And some people stand up in the back. People stand up over here. I just want to say, I love you guys. And those people who you just saw are some of my heroes. And here's why. They were part of our church when everybody knew everybody. When we were small enough that, that our church really was a small group. It's like, hey, what are we going to do after church? Let's just all go out to lunch together. And you sacrificed that, that sense of knowing everybody, for the sake of reaching our cities. You're flexible. You're flexible. You started with Pastor Ron when he launched this church, and you've, you've embraced me as your lead pastor over the last year and a half. You're flexible, and I love that about our church. I love that every single person in our church matters, and I see this in two key ways. One is in the army of volunteers who make new life a reality. If you volunteer in some capacity in this church, would you just stand, and you don't have to stand again if, again, you have a cast on your leg. My poor friend's like, are you kidding me? Today, you're going to make me do that? But if you volunteer in any capacity in the church, would you just stand up for a second? Because I want to I acknowledge you. I want to celebrate you. Okay, stay up for a second. That's about half the people in this service volunteer in this church. And some of you aren't standing up, but I know you lead life groups, and I've seen you do it. You just don't want to stand up. I'm not going to call you out, so don't worry about it. You can stay down. But I want to tell you, go ahead and sit down. I love our church because we are led by an army of volunteers who love God, who love these cities, and who want to make a difference with their lives, who invest your time and your talent and your energy to make this place happen. I love that about our church. We're not led by one or two or ten people. We're led by an army of volunteers. And I see that. And one of the other things that I love about the everyday nature of our church is we're funded by everyday people. We don't have one or two or three wealthy benefactors who make this church happen. I, I know our finances. I look at them. We are funded and we are resourced by everyday people who sacrificially give a part of what they make and who they are 
for the sake of this community, and I would not have it any other way. Because when God moves in us and stirs us towards generosity, boy, he does something in us, and then he does something great through us. I love that, that God's on the move in our church, and he's changing lives, and every week I hear stories. I wish you could be a mouse in my pocket hearing the stories that, that people tell me about the way their lives are transformed and changed. But because you can't do that, I want to share with you one story. It's a story of my friend Glenn who came to New Life, and his life is being changed and transformed. And we actually recorded it, and it's up on the screen. So go ahead and take a look at Glenn's story. Growing up, I tell people I had a drug problem. My parents drugged me to church on Sunday, and they took me on Wednesday. That's they so drugged funny. me on Friday for a youth group, and I was back again on Sunday. So I was very familiar with the Lord, and as I grew up, becoming a teenager, I um, graduated high school and went into the military, and after I left my parents' home, so did I leave the Lord. I went the other way. Started running and doing exactly what Glenn wanted to do, but not what God had called me to do or what God wanted me to do. But the whole time, the amazing thing is he kept his hand on me and delivered me in all kinds of experiences. I went to war at 20 years of age, and he delivered me from that, and out of the military and into the civilian lifestyle and he blessed me with a son and two beautiful and amazing daughters that he's kept his hand over and watched over as well but through me I was still going the way that I wanted to and doing things the way Glenn wanted to not the way the Lord wanted him to do it I had the well over six-figure income job and the cars the boat in the driveway and the big home and that's what I thought society wanted me to have but the whole time there was just a a big empty hole in my heart and all I thought I was doing was chasing it with money and with clothes and with everything else and realized finally that that wasn't what it was that I needed to be. About seven months ago one of my uh, employees was getting baptized here at New Life and asked me to come see him get baptized. So I came and I heard Pastor Kevin speak and just felt a connection with his speaking and, and, and the word that he was delivering that Sunday. And so I came back again the following Sunday and came back again the Sunday after that. And I just kind of stuck around. Um, it's been just an amazing experience here for me. Um, about six months ago, I decided through listening to the word that Pastor Kevin has preached and speaking to some people in my life that have positive influences, I do know the Lord, I decided that the life that I was living wasn't what it was, and that actual thing that I was seeking was God, who I had known all along, and uh, decided to leave my job. And although I decided to leave the job, didn't mean that the bills that I had <laughs> weren't going to leave me, and the children that I had that depended on me to support them weren't going to leave. So I had to take a big step of faith and uh, trust in God that he was going to provide for me, and that's what I did. What an amazing experience at the right time in my life just to get connected and to see God's love for me through these other people. And um, as I was going through this process, the Lord put a, a place in life that I, he wants me to be at in front of me and took me to the job that I'm currently at. And I just started a few days ago. And um, one of the amazing things that happened is all these men and brothers in this church called to check on me, sent me text messages, brother, we're praying for you. And I remember Monday evening laying in bed at 10.30, I got a, a text message from a guy, and he said, hey, brother, I'm sorry, it's late at night. I just I couldn't go to bed without texting you just to say I was praying for you and thinking about you, and that just, just hit me. I am worthy of his love, and just all that he's brought to me through this church and through just staying connected with him has just been absolutely amazing. 
uh, I couldn't ask for a better family, just people that love you right where you are for who you are. Uh, and that's just been the awesome thing. And through that, now I'm leading a life group myself and just enjoying the journey that the Lord has taken me on. I know that he's got a better place for me and big plans for me. And I just enjoy walking him out every day, following his word, doing what it is that he's called me to do and not what Glenn wants to do. And that's just been the best experience that I've had so far in my life. I love that. When I was talking to Glenn on the phone, he said, Kevin, when I grew up, I had a drug problem. And he told me that joke. And I said, please, please put that in your testimony. That is awesome. Like, that is so good. No wonder we connect, because he's extremely funny, right? That was great. One of the things he said, I, I love his story. Seven months he's been here. And God's been changing his life. And I know he is in your lives, too. One of the things he said, though, was that so many people called him. He got into a men's group, and so many guys called him and cared for him. And that's one of the things I love about New Life. We feel like family here. We're the smallest feeling big church I've ever been a part of. Whether it's the, the, the warm nature in the lobby, the greeting with the hugs. I never, honestly, I never have to worry if a guest comes through the door who they're going to run into in our church because of you and the way that you welcome and love people. I love that about our church. I love that we aren't thinking about ourselves, but we're thinking about what God's doing locally and globally. I love that we built two or three churches before we ever built our own church. I love that we fund church plants. I love that we partner globally. I love that we serve the needy. Think about the things we've done just in the past year or two, making those love bombs. Remember, we had those love bombs we made. That was so fun. We give gift boxes. We work in soup kitchens. We partner with COTS. We partner with Redwood Gospel Mission. We work with Rebuilding Together Petaluma. Our life groups do service projects. I love the things that we get to do to serve the people in our cities because why? We love our cities, and we know that God loves our cities, and we just get to be that kind of community. And today, what we get to do is celebrate all that God has been doing and mark in the ground today. This is a defining moment in our lives, in our families, and in our church as we take a next step in our generosity to say yes to him, to partner with him in the things that he's doing. And we're going to make a major step today, a major commitment today. It's our Commitment Sunday. I'm calling today, getting our we on. We're getting our we on today. We've been talking about we a lot. We're going to get our we on today. I see you smiling at me. We can say that in church. And you're excited about it. And here's how this is going to look. I want to walk you through what it looks like to get our we on for the next 12 months. In your programs, you have these commitment cards. And just new lifers, just new lifers. I would love for you to pull this out. Everyone can, I guess. But new lifers, this is really for you. Again, if you're a guest with us today, you just get a sneak peek into what we think God is inviting us into as a church. But this is that commitment card that I asked you to pray about last week. And this is the thing we've been praying about really for the last five weeks as a church. What's it going to look like for us to take a next step forward? For some of us, this is going to be a big stretching experience. Because for some of us, we've never given generously or financially to a church before. This is our first time ever. And I'm asking you what your next step is on this journey. For some of you, you're going to start giving for the first time. For others of you, we've been giving kind of sporadically, and God has called us as we've been praying about this to start giving regularly a certain percentage, 3%, 4%, 5%, 6% of our income back to the church so God can do what he wants to do. Maybe that's your next step in this next 12 months. For others of us, God's been calling us to bring the full tithe back to him. That's the first 10% that we see in the Old and New Testament of the Bible that God invites us to give back to him so he can do what he wants to do in the church and in the city. So for some of us, our next step is to begin tithing. For others of us, we already are tithing, and God has been calling us to move beyond the tithe. 
to give a percentage above and beyond that. And if that's the next step God's called you to, I've been praying for two things. One, if you're a married person, I've been praying for unity with you and your spouse in this decision. And two, I've been praying for all of us the courage to take the next step that God has called us to take. And this card is how we're going to make those commitments. So go ahead and check out that card. And I want to look at the part on the right. It says, my generosity next step, or our generosity next step. And I want you to mark down what your next step is. Because I, gently, but I just want to encourage, I, I hope that all of us have been praying about what our next step is. Because I believe God wants to shape us in that. And so you can mark down what your next step is. Maybe for some of you, you're becoming a regular giver for the first time. For some of us, we're becoming percentage givers. I want you to mark that down if that's you, if you're taking that next step. For some of us, we're becoming people who give the tithe, and I want you to mark that down if that's you. For some of us, we're becoming extravagant givers, and I want you to mark that down. Here's why marking that down is so important. I'm not so much concerned that we all give the same amount. What I'm concerned about for our church is that we are all growing in our generosity. And I want to see if, we're act- if God's actually doing that in our community. And here's the thing, I know he is, because some of you were so anxious last week. You just turned these in last week, and some of you, you gave online. So I know God's already moving, because people are marking every single one of those in terms of their next step as we look across the face of this church. But I want to know what's your next step. And then this bottom part is very important, the part in green. It's what your increase is going to be for the next 12 months. And that is marked out from June until May of 2016. So what I'd like you to do is figure out what your next step is, If you're going to move to 10%, what is the math on that? And many of you have already done this, so you already came in knowing what that is. And then just write down what the increase is going to be. What that increase from what you were giving to what you are giving is going to be, because that will let us know what we can do over the next year to make some steps, to break down some barriers, to reach our community. And so that number is really important. And then your name would also be very helpful so that we can actually partner with you on this journey. I want to be in contact with you. I want to be emailing you encouragement and resources. I want to be praying for you by name, but I can't do that unless I know who you are. So we're going to have a a moment, and the worship team can actually come up and get ready. In just a minute, the worship team's going to play, and that's going to be our time to make our commitments. Now, many of you have already made your commitments online, and I think that's great. So don't feel weird. You don't have to pretend to write it out again. You don't have to, to look very busy. Many of you have already made your commitments. You can just sit here and enjoy the worship team as they play. Lord, thank you so much for the defining moments that are happening right now in so many ways. Thank you for our friends, all of us, who as we engage with you and partner with you for the next steps in our faith journeys that we're taking, would you continue to guide us in that process? Thank you for our friends who are making steps in increasing their generosity over the next 12 months. Lord, would you guide us in that process? Would you partner with us in that process? Would you, um, would you, Pour out your, um, your blessing and favor in the midst of that uh, so that we would know that we're in this with you. And Lord, would you use us to do life-changing work, both here and into eternity, through the everyday resources of, uh, of your everyday people. God, thank you for our friends who got baptized today, and thank you for the many others who we know will be baptized throughout our next two services. God, would you mark this moment for them as a defining moment in their lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.